Hey everybody, James Tiley and Johnny Fry. I bet you I'm confusing Johnny because I, I sound different every single time lately. My entire system is blown up, but the podcast must go on. And the benefit here is that at least we're going to have some personality because Johnny worked with his majesty, Jason Myers. If you remember Audit Chain last time, I love the revelations that I saw about some banks. And now Jason's back to give us the world treatment on some more SEC investigations and how blockchain and AI is going to disclose all that. Brilliant. Thanks, uh, James. And Jason, welcome back on the show. And you've got some very long words like algorithmic and automation. You, you obviously, you've obviously gone up market since you've um, been bespowed a, uh, a kingdom, Your Majesty. But pray tell us more, my Lordship. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. So when I use the word algorithmic regulation, uh, what it actually means is, to put it very simply, it means constraints and it means patternistic. So what do I mean by that? Well, I'll take you back to a piece of legislation that was passed last year in the United States called the Financial Data Transparency Act, which is designed to put seven regulatory agencies and 90,000 municipalities within its scope. 90,000? It's, yes, so 50 states plus all the counties and cities and towns in each of those states. They all issue municipal bonds. They raise money through municipal bonds, right? Well, so it's not just the Fed in Washington that issues this paper money. 90,000 other entities all, all put the toe in the water and they're all issuing their own bonds and stuff. That's correct. Yes. It's wow. uh, in fact, they convinced the American public to soak up those bonds because they're tax exempt, right? A lot of them are tax exempt. Some are subject to the alternative minimum tax, right? So they're attractive. <clears throat> and uh, income and capital of- gains tax, James, tax exempt. Uh, sorry so, about that. Is that income and capital gains tax tax exempt? No, not capital gains. It's it's the income that you get on municipal bonds, right? They're very popular for re- for what sort of yield uh, do they have on them. Well, it depends upon the municipality, right? So, could any anywhere like New York general obligation bonds? Um, I don't have a screen in front of me, but you know they range anywhere. They're in line with the belly of the curve, the ten-year bond. Got it. The more riskier parts of the cap structure for the municipality carry a higher yield, right? So it's not that much different than the corporate bond market, right? So uh, sorry, they're rated. I, just I, I jumped in. I was just, I was, I was so uh, just bamboozling that you've got ninety thousand entities issuing these effectively tax-free. I think the problem here is that Johnny, who lives on the opposite end of the world. He's not realizing that we have what's called incorporated villages, incorporated yes. cities, and Correct. they they literally are incorporated, right? So my, my city is actually a corporation, in which case, what you're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, is that if I wanted to buy the debt via bonds for the city that I live in, I am now receiving what we file on our taxes as uh, other income. Blimey, blimey. God, that's a trouble. Right. Spell out over that flipping tea, and now look at the mess you've got yourselves into. 90,000 people all issuing all this paper. Let's not get away from the point, right? The point is that 
these 90,000 municipalities will be required to construct and file machine-readable financial statements with the SEC, right? If you want to look at their financial statements now, you've got to dig through their municipal websites, right? Like the incorporated village of wherever, or the state, or whichever municipality whose financial statements you want to look at. So now it's got to be filed with the SEC. In addition, uh, those seven agencies, which includes the Federal Reserve, right, has to capture information in machine-readable form as well as uh, render information in machine-readable form using open data formats like XBRL, inline XBRL, and <clears throat> other structured data formats that are part of the semantic web stack, right? I know I'm going back into legacy somewhat, but these things aren't going away so quickly. Okay. So um, as a result, what happened on September 7th of this year, uh, the SEC, for the first time in its, its history, really, uh, warned all public companies through a press release that they're going to be sending out sample comment letters about their machine-readable financial disclosure statements. We have uh, developed, we developed and contributed a specification for bi-directional structured data agnostic, structured format agnostic, bi-directional interchange called Standard Business Report Model, which was submitted to the Object Management Group, which is a global technical standard setter, on November 6th. And our it's all based upon our LUCA product which is basically a finance, a bi-directional financial reporting data interchange software that uh, corporations and municipalities, any economic entity will use in order to compose and uh, transmit their financial statements, their financial disclosure documents. And the algorithmic regulation aspect is that this software is based upon logical constraints that prohibit you from making mistakes. So we published a map that was populated by our community that shows the level of inconsistency in financial statements for a sample of 3,000 companies that filed in Q3 last year. And more than half of them are inconsistent, right? So what the Data Transparency Act starts... And what we help to do is normalize all of that so that you don't make mistakes and financial statements are not inconsistent. And that's it in a nutshell. Okay. And presumably once you've got, like, it's like any information, if you've got information on a fax in the filing cabinet, it's very difficult to then actually put that into a machine readable format and have blockchain using it to store it and share it, have AI engines, have big data, et cetera, et cetera. If it's in a digital format, then it becomes a lot easier for other people to access it and certainly easier for the regulators to be able to make sure what you're saying and doing is correct. So this That's is right. driven by regulatory demand using these sorts of technologies. That's correct. So you're creating structured data that's accurate without actually knowing or caring that you're creating it in that manner because our system is the first implementation of this SBRM specification. Wow. So it makes it easier. Uh, 80% of companies, by the way, 
that are publicly traded outsource the processing of their financial statements into structured data, which means that from the time that their financial statements get created until the time they're actually filed, there is a substantial loss of fidelity, accuracy, and integrity, reliability, right? And that's excluding whether or not they're playing games. Wow. Wow. And, and how many of these 90,000 currently comply? Well, well, they have two years from the time the act was passed, which was December 22nd of last year. So January 125, I believe, is when is the start of the fiscal year that will be under the, uh, the, the scope of the, of, the, of the new law. There's no additional disclosure requirements. It's just they've got to publish in machine readable format now using an open data standard. The other thing is that with this SBRM specification, we the major contributions we made were for financial disclosure, but SBRM also covers non-financial data, like, for instance, the entire supply chain and all of the terms that you would use and relationships between every raw material and packaging and uh, everything happened to, having to do with the supply chain for just about any domain, right? It doesn't have to be financial disclosure or accounting or financial reporting. It could be pharmaceutical. It could be for the food industry. It could be for blockchain. And it will be for blockchain because blockchain, there are no standard definitions and no standard taxonomies that are used. So blockchain is an actually, it, blockchain itself and every word that's used to define a thing is an ambulatory use case for SBRM. So once this gets sorted, does this help blockchain or hinder blockchain, in your opinion? It's akin to blockchain. It will help blockchain because the terms will get standardized. Yeah, well, that's right. So, uh, and we can revise the specification after it's passed. It gets voted on in June. We just made a huge presentation this week at the o quarterly OMG task force meetings. But once it becomes a standard, we can revise it to include. We can revise it to include other specifications that will cover other things. But as it's written now, um, and it could get revised before June also, and likely will. So how it helps blockchain is it sets standard definitions for um, we might call a nonce or a block or a wallet or transaction or a timestamp or things like this that are common in blockchain, right? Okay. Because everybody has different definitions of what they call a thing in blockchain, which is, you know, what <laughs> that's why. That's why the banks who are used to standards and accounting firms who are used to standards, right, back offices are used to standard terminologies and security masters and all that stuff. You know, the confusion in blockchain is giving them a, a big head start in taking over. This could, this could also uh, help potentially then to have greater interoperability because if we're all using the same standards and same wording. That's right. 
then That's right. you know, if, you, if I'm on Ethereum and want to go to Solana and then on to Avalanche, then presumably those three can all connect because they've got the same, they're speaking the same language, I suppose. Put it well, speaking in the same technical interoperability procedures is different than the definitions that humans yeah, yeah, call them. Yeah. So I want to make that clear, right? Yeah. Now, that doesn't, we're talking about definitions of something. We are talking about machine-readable tagged terms mm -hmm. in a taxonomy. So from a communication and messaging perspective, yes, this is a standardized layer which will help interoperability at that layer. Interoperability, like moving wrapped ether from Ethereum to Solana, that's a different layer. So I just want to make it clear for your audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. James, you fallen asleep yet? No, I, I have PTSD from back in the day of <laughs> converting crystal reports to PDF files. That's what I got out of this. Oh, well. Yeah. So remember those thing, days? Let me, let me oversimplify this. SBRM, the specification, gives way to implementations of software like ours that allow, for instance, if you speak only French and I speak only English, you and I can have a conversation on the fly because the machine translates it. Got it. Right. You, Using you, you've got standard communications protocol, kind of like fixed protocol of messaging. Here, and, and exactly. Blockchain but, exactly. Mm -hmm. But fixed protocol is a single data structure. Right. SBRM deals with multi-structural data. So in other words, it doesn't matter what structure, whether it's OWL, RDF, Shackle, Fix, JSON, XBRL, XML, it doesn't matter. Converting it on the fly? Correct. Or is, it or is it translating? So let's say I speak French and you speak English. We don't need to know each other's language at any time. Correct. Okay. So I can, and, take, and your blockchain... I can take your JSON document, import it into Luca under the SBRM specification, it will convert the JSON using its logic, using Luca's logical constraint mechanism, and then output it in any other format, uh, structured data format you want. And the authors who did it in JSON don't know any better. Correct. That's correct. So involving the blockchain part, though, that, because, you know, blockchain automatically increases data integrity by like, you know, a hundredfold. Well, it only records it immutably. Right. That's so all. are we storing or is it going to store there kind of like a file storage or is it or you is don't, it getting what I would call a drop copy? Uh, it's a drop. It's a hash value of a drop copy. The drop okay. copy is stored off chain. It relates to a hash value on chain. Right. And a hash value can also be, for instance, an NFT buried under the hood, not for the purposes of reselling it or playing the games that were played in the nft space but an nft is a unique representation that represents a thing and it can also has a payload of a significant what could potentially be a significant amount of data uh and metadata associated with a thing that the nft is representing right and a thing could yes it could be a picture of a donkey or it could be a control that plays a role in constri logically constraining information, which is Sorry, what I we got, do. I got one more. Here's my dumbed-down example. So 
I like the incorporated village idea. Yep. So let's say the incorporated village of Patchogue, New York, they're issuing out handicapped parking tickets. That handicapped parking ticket, A, could be sent out, and I can maybe pay it with Solana, and that would log a hash that I made the payment. The handicapped parking ticket is an NFT, and as far as the village of Patchogue is concerned, they might not even know how it was paid, but it was logged in the blockchain, translated immediately via SBRM, and the financial data is also included for the income stream of Patchogue, New York, when I attend the next city hall meeting. Yes, but let me make a clarification, okay? Okay. The handicapped parking ticket is an attribute of the ticket itself. The ticket is a source of revenue for the city of Patrick, right? So handicap is an attribute. A regular parking ticket doesn't have the inclusion of the tag, if you will, called handicap. So it allows you to automate the segregation of revenues. So you have many tickets, right? You have a parking ticket. You got a red light ticket. You've got a handicap ticket, right? You've got parking in a bus stop, a fire hydrant, all these things, right? That can segregate the revenue and provide intelligence to the town. Well, we don't generate that much money in handicap parking tickets, but we generate a lot of money in parking at a bus stop parking tickets, right? And they can do with that intelligence what they wish, right? They can also provide audit evidence to the auditors that audit the financial and operating condition of the incorporated village, right? Through the automated segregation. Now, when blockchain comes into play, these tiny little pieces of logic, which we call models, constrain and segregate the information to create a virtual accounting machine, if you will, or a virtual reporting machine. And that uses uh, clarative AI. I want to make a very clear distinction because generative AI is a speculative attempt at a derivation. Declarative AI does not speculate because it uses structured data-based logical constraints right so, so this happens happen, therefore because this happened therefore this must happen correct that's right yeah. that's right there are a series of if-then statements that are far more rigid than a speculative attempt to a- answer a question or produce an output based upon prompts it is a speculation that's what generative ai is Wow, I can say declarative coming. AI is not speculative. That's right up my alley. So I, right I don't want to take up all more of your time. You should move south, Jason, because James is seriously in love with you. I know he is. He thinks that you, you've found the elixir because um, you talk his same sort of uh, techno stuff. Not moving down south. <laughs> hey, it's a little bit slower, a little bit warmer. You know what I mean? Yeah, and less teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still got my <laughs> No, I'm only kidding. I don't think those people are around anymore. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think they might be. All right, look, we're going to have to wrap it up. Jason, as ever, always, always fun getting you on the show. And you always come up with something which is joking apart. This is quite a serious topic we've, we've, we've made a little bit light of. But there's going to be a huge transformation in terms of the way the information is stored manipulated and used 
bringing in a lot more transparency using a combination of different technologies and all those municipalities. Bit of a US focus thing today, but I know Audit Chain are working with a number, a number of other jurisdictions because they want to bring in similar sort of standards and then be able to use them on these technologies such as blockchain and artificial intelligence. But So I'm sure we'll get you back on the radio way soon. Meanwhile, James, thank you for and your crew for sorting everything out today. And we'll be back on the uh, airwaves next week with another edition of Digital Bytes. And another guest will be listening. Uh, well, you'll be listening to them next week. So thanks very much and uh, appreciate you listening.